0: Cool. Well, it's good to be with you uh, this morning, church. I can see in some of your eyes, like you're tired from the season. Uh, others of you are like out, uh, outspoken, and you can I can see you're energized, right? And you've had family and friends uh, in big events. Some of you got college kids in town that have graduated. Uh, others have, have uh, family members that got engaged, Tristan and Mary Page back there. Got engaged, yeah, just came back from... Army stuff, and yeah, for sure, just lots of, uh, lots of fun stuff, and so we come uh, on this uh, after Christmas uh, day as we continue this Christmas season. Uh, and we, we continue in the story uh, of God and the story of baby Jesus today and we come to celebrate um, what it means uh, that the Christ child came uh, as we continue in the season now I'm not uh, a huge uh, baby fan I remember uh, six or seven years ago our friends uh, from ministry friends from college um, had the first baby of like the clan you know like with our good friends together and they were the the first ones to start Started off, and then it like tumbled out of control after that. Uh, but they were the first ones to start it off. Uh, John and Naomi Pickens, and uh, Stephanie and I decided that the day after uh, baby Aaron was born, that we were going to go in the hospital and celebrate with our friends. And uh, so we showed up at the hospital room, and and we walked into this dimly lit hospital room, and my friends that are usually so vibrant and full of life looked like they had just fought with the grizzly bear for 24 hours, right? And in the in uh, Naomi's arms was this baby who had the coolest rock star hair, and he was just awesome, right? And so I remember uh, picking him up. He was the first baby that I think I've ever really wanted to hold, like really wanted to hold. Uh, him and and so I, I just I let Steph go first because if she messed it up, that I'd be fine. And and so I grabbed him in my arms, and I was holding him. And, and for years, I'd watched grown men and women do silly things to babies, right? Like noises and they move their faces. And for years, I thought that was absolutely ridiculous. Like, you guys are weird, stop that, let's not let's move on with life, right? That's weird. And so I grabbed a baby, Aaron, and I noticed that everything in me was wanted to do those things right but I've got good self-control so I did not but I wanted to and so I helped him and and it was probably the first baby i had hold held for that long and and I realized that my wrist was weak right and, I, and that his head was in my hand and and I was getting tired from holding this baby and I didn't want to break it um, because th- that was the thing, and, and, and every parent now, when when you say that, they say, oh, they're durable, and back then, I didn't believe you, now I know, right, uh, that they are, but back then, I just thought you were nuts, and, and I remember holding baby Aaron, and for the first time ever, I realized like how fragile these things really are, right? how fragile that baby was, and looking at him with his rock star swoopy hair, the picture's so old I couldn't find it on Facebook, seven years old, there's a lot of scrolling to do. I, I, I realized that there's incredible beauty and in that vulnerability right that baby that can't do anything uh, in my arms um, at that moment and so as we continue through this story uh, if you have your Bibles with you turn to Matthew chapter 2 um, this morning uh, but we want to keep that image of, of the Christ child in our in our minds and in our hearts as we um, continue forward uh, but also today as we talk about uh, Jesus we want to keep that idea of vulnerability uh, in the forefront of our mind, because Jesus is incredibly vulnerable um, at the, at this point. And so, uh, if you uh, if you have uh, babies in your house, you know exactly what I'm talking about. If you don't, we'll talk about that uh, in a second. But if you have your Bibles with you today, uh, let's read uh, this morning in Matthew chapter two, starting in verse 13. Uh, here today, the wise men have just visited Jesus. They've headed back home without telling um, King Herod uh, where Jesus is, and then we continue with the story. It says this, "Uh, When they had gone, the, the, the wise men, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said, and take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. So he got up. He took the child and his mother during the night, and they left for Egypt where he stayed until the death of Herod, and so was fulfilled that the Lord, uh, what the Lord had said through the prophet, Out of Egypt I called my son. When Herod realized that he had been outwitted by the Magi, he was furious, and he gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem and its vicinity who were two years old and younger, in accordance with the time that he had learned from the Magi. And then what was said through the prophet Jeremiah was fulfilled. He took the child and his mother and went to the land of Israel. But when he had heard that Archelaus was reigning in Judea in place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. Having been warned in a dream, he withdrew to the district of Galilee, and he went and lived in a town called Nazareth. So was fulfilled what was said through the prophets, that he would be called a Nazarene. The word of the Lord today. Thanks be to God. If you've ever wondered why we're called the Church of the Nazarene, you've learned something uh, this morning. Go tell uh, your friends. But uh, we have uh, this image of Jesus, but not just uh, the image of Jesus uh, as a baby, but the image of Jesus as a baby in a very vulnerable place. Uh, we, we know that uh, Jesus starts out as a baby, and babies are pretty uh, vulnerable creatures, right? Uh, thinking about this uh, we, we understand, and that was perfect timing, Kathy. <laughs> Did you pinch Teddy to get him to do that? Right? <laughs> okay. Thinking about babies, we know that, uh, that they're some of the most helpless creatures on the face of the earth, right? And when uh, Stephanie and I had JoJo, it was amazing to, to realize, like, I am completely responsible for this child, right? Like when they're hungry, they can't crawl around and get Cheerios. We've tried, right? Uh, When they're thirsty, they're not going to get the drink themselves. They sometimes still can't get the drink for themselves, right? Uh, You are responsible. They are vulnerable. At this point in their lives, like a calf has more going for it than the baby does, right? The calf can get up uh, after birth. It can see it has like a built-in milk GPS, and it knows where to go to get nourishment, um, but not the baby. The baby is completely completely vulnerable, and so we have this this image of 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 Jesus, the Messiah, as a baby and and if you were here with us on Christmas Eve. Um, you you know we talked about uh, this idea uh, of the drama of the Christmas story uh, that there's so many things that happened in that in that uh, time that um, were, were were seemingly uh, full of drama. Remember the, the the shepherds are the first ones to hear about this new uh, Messiah and so they go and they knock on the door and Mary and Joseph uh, answer and, and and one of my uh, favorite parts is this idea of these um, shepherds shepherds, these ordinary men who are doing the job that, that no one else wants to do, and the angels come to them first, and, and then it says that they went out and they told everybody about what they had heard and seen, right? They they went out and they expressed and, and they told people, this is what happened. They spread the word concerning what had been told to them. And and I imagine that some of those who heard that Jesus uh, was born, that the, the Messiah had come and, and he was a baby, might have been a little bit confused, right? They, they, they've had that in their, in their mind that uh, there, there is going to be a baby, but this idea that he's just been born and yet I want relief right now um, went through their minds. Like, he's a baby? What, like, can he grow up faster than everybody else, right? Like, can he hurry up and become the one that's going to set us free from these Romans that are making us do the census right now? Like, that's great, we've got a baby, but I want some freedom at the moment, right? Like, I want that to happen right uh, here, but here is, is baby Jesus uh, coming uh, as, as, a, as a child and this Messiah that, that we talk about stepping down from heaven and coming in the form of a vulnerable infant, God with us in a manger, a cattle trough, Christ the King, a baby who couldn't lift his head off the straw that surrounded it. Yeah, that, that people may be uh, confused and desiring the, that, that baby Jesus would get up and start his reign because we want some freedom here and now. But well, we know the rest of the story that Jesus didn't walk in, into Jerusalem as a little baby. That's kind of a funny image to think about. And it didn't just happen right away, but there's some life lived and, and some things that have happened in between then. But at this point in our story, Jesus is still that, that vulnerable child. And at this point in the story, there's not just a vulnerable child. There's also a a king who is pretty much vicious and he is hunting down uh, the, the baby Jesus king herod and and he's there and he's an experienced king we we know a little bit about him and and some if you read all the 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 big books that the smart kids write uh, they talk about uh, some people give him a really bad name and then others are like well it really wasn't that bad and he did this and he built this temple and it was all that but he, he's an experienced king he's not a baby Right? He's an experienced king. He's built temples and fortresses and palaces, and he has power, and he continually wants more of it. Power and control at, at all costs, and we see the, the horror that power can have as it's acted out in our passage today, showing us the great lengths that people will go to when they feel threatened, right? When, when they feel like something is else on the horizon. That in our bu- brutal world, vulnerable baby boy does not equal king. And that was the same for, for way back then, and it's the, the same for now, right? Vulnerable baby boy does not equal a king. And for us, many times, vulnerability, without a doubt, equals weakness. Like Our culture uh, tells us that if you're vulnerable, you better stop it. Like now, right? Like if you're vulnerable in some area, you better stop it. That's why we have insurance for everything. Like everything. You could insure your big toenail if it was fancy, right? Like we have insurance for everything. And so if you're vulnerable, you you need to get out of that vulnerability and you need to come to stability where you're not vulnerable anymore and you do it at any and all cost. You've got to protect yourself. You can't be vulnerable. Uh, this th- th- Coming and, and reading this and, and thinking through this instantly, uh, a time in my life came to mind. I was in college and I was going to uh, Virginia for the summer and I had a, a friend that lived in Virginia Beach and we decided that on the way, on the drive from Kansas City to Virginia, um, that we were going to hike on the Appalachian Trail. And so uh, we, we gathered all of our junk to hike on the trail. And we read about it um, on dial-up, I think. That was that long ago. And, and so uh, we discovered that there was, on this portion of the trail, there were a lot of uh, black bear sightings. And, and every one of them said you need a bear keg, which is like a thing you hang in the tree so the bear couldn't come in the middle of the night. And you needed, without a doubt, bear spray because you were vulnerable to attack, right? And so if you snuck up on the bear if the baby the bear had babies or if something happened, you needed this bear spray. I think I have an image of the bear. Can you imagine me in the woods like this, right? And so I, but I remember like, needing to have some bear spray right like we had to have some bear spray we're poor college kids we're about to drive across the country like we're worried about money for gas but yet here we are buying the most you can't go cheap on something that's going to save your life right like buying the most expensive can of bear spray because we were vulnerable we needed that and we needed to have it so we wouldn't be attacked in the and the little form that we were reading made it very very clear side note when we did see bears and they did run within five six feet of us down the mountainside we didn't get our bear spray out we got our cameras with the little windy thing and we chased after them so we could take pictures right so but we had the bear spray somewhere in the backpack but, but we, we have that, that desire and that need to, to stop the vulnerability because nobody wants to be vulnerable and nobody wants to be uneasy. But then we come to stories like this, that, that we have a God who has infinite knowledge and understanding and he sends his son to this earth as a baby. Like the most vulnerable thing that you could be. Like you could be a calf and have more going for you. But now we have God in his infinite knowledge and understanding sends his son to the earth as a vulnerable baby boy. And he doesn't even arrange that that Jesus would go to the family with six kids because they have experience and that's just smart. But Jesus goes to the family that has no experience and no child raising classes under their belts. And not knowing what to, to expect as a vulnerable baby boy. And then to add to it, there's a, a terrifying king that is on the hunt and wants to end any power threat at any cost. And in, we see that any cost acted out in, in any baby boy that's two years and younger. And not a very Christmassy passage right? to read on a day like today. But as we, as we continue to think about this idea of vulnerability, we see that there's a, there's a theme that continues. It doesn't just stop as Jesus is, is, is a baby, but it continues as this baby grows up and becomes a, a man. As we think about this, we see that, that, that Jesus is not one that, cons- that, that compensates for, for being vulnerable, Like Jesus didn't go to Cabela's and buy a can of Pharisee spray when the religious leaders are after him. If he did, we'd have a whole nother story and another, another image to put up on the screen, right? And that just wasn't a, a thing. He, he welcomes that 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 vulnerability. We, we remember that he's in the garden with his disciples and, and the, 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 the mob comes in to take him away. And he goes to uh, Judas and he says, you know, come for what you do, what you came for, right? In fact, um, when Peter, Simon Peter takes out the the, the the sword and cuts the guy's ear off, he stops that and he and he mends the the, the brokenness and he, he he extends himself in a pretty vulnerable place. It doesn't stop when he's just a, a baby. He was just vulnerable a, a, as we continue. If you've ever thought about uh, this, there's a couple different things that come to mind. But one for me uh, is Philippians chapter 2, verse 6 and 7. We we remember that uh, Christ, who being made in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. We remember the garden. He he says to the, the mob, don't you think that I could call legions of angels... Uh, from God to, to help me in this situation, but again, he extends himself in, in a pretty vulnerable place. Continue verse 7 Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. It seems to me, as, as much as I want to uh, get away from this idea of being vulnerable, that Jesus, in, in, in many cases, embraces vulnerability. And so as I step into this this new year, I want to think about things a little bit differently because there is absolutely something different about this. like Something scandalous about this idea of Jesus being here as, as a baby, but also growing up and embracing this invulnerability. There's something beautiful about the vulnerability of Christ. Later, we witness Christ turn this thought uh, that vulnerability is weakness completely upside down. He flips it on its head. When when Christ, who is taken in this extreme dominance, right? Like they didn't just say, "Hey, Jesus, come to the cross now. Like, what, I'll I'll help you get there." It was an extreme uh, dominance uh, situation where, where Jesus is taken and, and, and beaten and then uh, put on the cross. And, and we see that, that from this act of vulnerability, because we know it could have gotten out of it at any time, from this place and from this sacrifice, we find salvation continuing in Philippians chapter 2 verse 8 and being found in appearance as a man he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death even death on a cross that through Christ's vulnerability something is greater is born Right, That through the, this, this period of time and, and through the, 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 the act of obedience, something beautiful is born. Through Christ's vulnerability on the cross, where he shed his blood for us, there is saving power as Jesus conquers sin and death. That through Christ's vulnerability, we find the birthplace of forgiveness that through this this act of obedience and and surrender we see the birthplace of forgiveness and let me say it again there is beauty in vulnerability i'm finding as i get older and older and there's a couple gray beards or gray hair beards in my hair the white beard like jack says about his papa that <laughs> that life is, 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 a lot of our lives depend on what we're willing to be vulnerable with, right? Like it affects us in, in more ways than, than we think about on a regular basis. We think about our friendships. If we want to be connected with someone, if we want to be, have a friendship that, that is mutual, there are times where we must be vulnerable with them. Right? There are times where we've got to open ourselves up knowing that they could not receive us. Right? Knowing that they could not accept us or whatever is coming about. But we've got to be vulnerable if we want that relationship. And if we're not vulnerable and if we're closed off, then we usually don't have too many friendships like that. Because we learn that vulnerability is that birthplace of relationships. That there's beauty in vulnerability when I'm your friend and you're my friend and we can share life together that's not just fake and not just handshakes, but goes deeper than that and it comes because we're willing to be vulnerable. And guess what? When we step in that relationship of, of love, what's it require of us? Even more vulnerability. Like vulnerability that makes us Uncomfortable. And that is not always fun, but we, we open ourselves up uh, more and more that if I'm going to love you, I have to let you in my life, and I have to risk loving you when you might not love me in return. I've got to be vulnerable. Vulnerability is the, is the birthplace of love, and there is beauty in Vulnerability. But most of us have lived a little life. We've got some life under our belts. We've got some times of rejection and of pain. And if there are times where our friendships go, go south and they go the other way, and, and there are times where uh, people that, that we thought we loved and they thought, uh, we thought that they loved us, it, it doesn't work out and, and things are hard and they're difficult. To, and, and just because these things are broken doesn't mean that we stop loving. It doesn't mean that we stop interacting with people and developing friendships, but maybe it does mean that we're a little bit more cautious next time, right? That we're a little bit more standoffish, or we don't open ourselves up as quickly the next time around, because we don't want to get disappointed. We don't want to be hurt again. But thinking about this God who comes, in this Christmas season, we've got to realize that there's a something different about coming to God and being relationship there. That there's something unusual, in fact, something scandalous about the trust that we can have when we, when we come to Jesus and when he enables us to do so. That when I, when I come to Jesus and I'm, I'm vulnerable in that place, I can put great trust in the, the, the idea, and the knowledge that he will not walk out on me, right? So as reserved and as, as, as non-vulnerable as I may be with the people around me, I, I can have total faith and, and total trust that, that with God it is different. Now, my mind explodes with reasons that we can come wide open without reserve to God. I think about James 4, I draw near to God, and he'll draw near to you, or Hebrews, that he'll never leave you or forsake you, or Romans chapter 5, how he demonstrates his love for us, that while we were still sinners, why, why God knew uh, who we were and what we've done and, and what we're capable of, he so came and died for us, pouring his love out on us. I think about the countless everyday saints of the church who have expressed their testimony that God is faithful, that He keeps His promises, even if it takes a long time. We can go through, through all, of, all of these reasons and all of these things, but we know that we can be vulnerable with our God who loves us. But that is not always an easy place to be, is it? Sometimes I, I, I laugh at the idea of, of times in my life where I've, I've thought that it was hidden, right? Like, you, you know, you do something, uh, and I've shared the example before, like uh, in, my, in my grandma's living room, I was practicing casting as a kid. Right. Because that's a great place to practice casting for fishing in the grandma's living room. And I broke a I broke a light fixture that she still doesn't know about till today. Right. Uh, and, And and this idea that it was that it was hidden in plain sight. Right? That, 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 that my mistake or, or, or whatever it is was, was hidden right there in the, the living room and, and that, that Mamaw didn't find it and still doesn't know about it until you call her. And, and she, she just doesn't know. Well, God is not like Mamaw, right? God knows. And yet there are times where, where, where I hold on tight to that and I'm not vulnerable, not asking for help where help is needed. Not, not looking and, and seeking for, for restoration when restoration is without, need, without a doubt needed. Not seeking comfort when comfort is needed. Sometimes vulnerability, even with a God who loves us, is a hard place to be. But if vulnerability is the birthplace of forgiveness and relationship and love, then vulnerability is the birthplace of our saving relationship with Jesus. I've got to be vulnerable. I've got to open myself myself up and and have faith that Christ will accept me as I am in this place. That Christ will, will take us in and forgive us. That his grace will be enough. And as we come today, we know that the good news is that God's grace is enough, more than enough. But as we, if we sit in the story, we see without a doubt that God has already established his willingness to be vulnerable with us, his willingness to, 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 to step down from heaven to live as one of us. Thanks be to God that Jesus lived as one of us and, and grew up as, as a young man and as a baby, to know what it means to be in our situation, to know what it means to be vulnerable. And his great love compelled him to step down from the throne, to become a, a vulnerable baby boy in such a harsh world. His great love for the world compelled him to, to die on the cross for the sins of humanity and there is great beauty in vulnerability well as we come this morning and as our uh, pastors uh, and, and volunteers come to to help us in in communion and in worship we are reminded and we remember the sacrifice and the gift of jesus that was born out of this vulnerability we remember as we, we take that, that bread, the, the body of Christ broken for us, and we dip it in that juice, the blood of Christ shed for us. Uh, we remember the sacrifice that Christ made on our behalf. We sometimes talk about this as an, a moment, an opportunity to use our bodies, which we don't usually do because we just sit but we have this opportunity to to use our body, the Holy Spirit enabling us to come and to receive the gifts that God has has for us. And we come receiving, knowing, and expecting God's grace. This is a vulnerable place to be, isn't it? To, To receive is not to defend and to ward off vulnerability, but to receive is to embrace it. So may this be a time where we come to embrace the grace and the love of Christ. Come now, friends, as we participate in communion together. Lord, we are thankful. Thankful for your vulnerability today. Even though we read this story of uh, fleeing to to Egypt and um, the fear that surrounds it. Lord, we thank you for stepping down from heaven. To become one of us, to live uh, and walk as, as we live, that your connection and your understanding runs deep. Lord, we thank you for the, the love that's expressed as you turn this idea of vulnerability as weakness upside down on its head. That from your death on a cross, you could bring about something incredible, you could bring about restoration and forgiveness and wholeness. And so, Lord, we pray that as we step into this new year and as we, as we close this one down, that we would be people that are open um, to you. Lord, may your Holy Spirit continue to lead us as your people. And, and when we hear your voice, may we not run the other way. When we hear uh, of hard things that you're calling us to, may we not be people that, that just ignore and shut it down because it would be hard but may we be people that embrace the vulnerability that you call us to because you know that on the other side of it, good things come. So we ask that you lead us down paths that lead to you and lead to restoration. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please stand this morning for the benediction as we go. Beloved, Church, may you go from this place knowing that from vulnerability comes incredible things, knowing that we can be absolutely wide open to a God that knows how we live and one who embraces us here and now. May you go in action and go in peace. You are dismissed.